Hello, everyone. Welcome to Eternity, where love never fails. Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening. This is the Eternity Bible Study Podcast, where we walk through the Bible together every weekday, Monday through Friday. We're podcasting from here in the United States and in Zambia with a goal to share our thoughts and encourage one another as we read God's Word together verse by verse. My co-host in Zambia, Matali, and I are both listening to Through the Bible podcast and then sharing our thoughts and encouragement with you. From America to Africa, And everywhere else, God is in control. As always, our attribution goes to Through the Bible with Dr. J. Vernon McGee. So, if you've ever wanted to try to read the Bible every day, we hope you can join us. We're regular people just like you, trying to learn more about God and walk in step with His Holy Spirit. So, if you have your Bible, feel free to read along. And if not, no problem. We'll put it all together for you. So, let's get started. So today we'll be uh, starting uh, back in chapter 5, and we'll touch on verse 8 uh, again like we did yesterday, and we'll go down through verse 24. And again, in chapter 5, we are looking at um, what happens when a society starts falling apart. What happens when sin engulfs a society? What happens when... Uh, um, those who um, know the Lord turn away from the Lord. What happens when the society turns godless? We can see a lot of that um, uh, in our own society today. Maybe some of this will sound familiar. But uh, when men stop doing their job as men and women stop doing their job as women, you have breakdowns in families uh, that starts in individual hearts, and then um, you have uh, institutions of society that stop start failing to do their job, and then you have the religious institutions stop failing to do their job, and then you have societies just falling apart in general, morally. So, um, and as... as um, um, these chapters um, talked about, uh, and as we saw back in uh, chapter 3 and uh, in uh, chapter 4, men's job were uh, at the time to lead and, and serve uh, the women as leaders and protect the women as leaders and to cherish the women as leaders. Um, that was their position. That was one of their duties. And, of course, they didn't do that. And because they didn't do that, they, uh, under God's judgment, were actually forced to uh, to um, fight for their own lives, to do what they didn't do, to force them to then have to protect the, the women and to lead because they were now fighting for their own lives when foreign armies were going to be coming in to invade. And uh, on the other hand, women's, you know, part of the women's role and position was to serve and help uh, uh, the men, um, not in a subservient role, but in a helping role, um, and to um, 
serve in humility, just like Christ uh, was there to serve and act as a helper to the Father in heaven at, in humility. Um, and if we've, we've seen the roles of husbands and wives back in Ephesians, um, in many respects, the role of the wives was much like the role of Jesus Christ uh, as a helper um, in humility to the Father. So, um, again, it's not uh, painting a picture of women as inferior to men in any way. Sometimes I think the um, women's rights movements um, try to, uh, say, uh, put uh, Christianity down sometimes for that reason, but they just don't understand the Scriptures. So, because um, the women didn't have the humility, um, ironically, they're forced, just like the men were forced, to accept that humility uh, because when all the men were um, killed trying to uh, fend off these invading armies, then when the invading armies come in and conquer, um, you've got very few men and disproportionate large numbers of women, and these women now have no ability to uh, care for themselves in many respects. They are totally humbled to the point of just sitting on the ground, you know, totally dependent, totally humiliated, uh, and all of the, the things that they took for granted, all the fashion things, um, as it says in chapter 3, are removed from, from these women. So, again, being forced to the position to which they uh, were called originally. And uh, so, as we put in in uh, chapter 5, verse 8, he's talking now about the vineyard of the Lord being destroyed. In other words, the, this this cherished thing, uh, this land being the land of Israel, being fertile, and God plants a vineyard. Those are the people, and of course the vineyard is yielding sour grapes. That means the people are producing sin in their lives, and instead of the fruit uh, of, of the vineyard being sweet and good, it's just bad. And because the vineyard is now bad, um, this sort of an, an analogy of the people's lives being bad and just producing sin, the vineyard will need to be destroyed. So we come now to these woes, these six woes to the wicked. These are, these are, you know, these are warnings um, of the kind of lifestyle that that this generation was living. And again, all of these um, books. These chapters right now in Isaiah are these these this prophecy of of Isaiah against the people, the generation uh, in Israel, and of course the southern kingdom of Judah in particular. 
um, as well as Jerusalem, which is also in the southern kingdom. So the first woe, chapter eight, uh, verse 8, we talked about yesterday, was woe to those who join house to house, who add field to field, until there's no more room, and you are made to dwell alone in the midst of the land. He's talking about here those uh, people who are so greedy for land, they drive off the poor, they drive off the people, uh, and just put... Um, they join house to house. In other words, they join properties to enlarge the properties so that they could um, try to plant more crops and produce more wealth from themselves. And it says, The Lord of hosts, in verse 9, has sworn in my hearing, Surely many houses shall be desolate, large and beautiful houses without inhabitant. For ten acres of vineyard shall yield but one bath, and a homer of seed shall yield but one epith. In other words, an epith is a tenth of a homer. In other words, you can plant all these things, all these fields that you swiped from other people, but it's not going to grow anything. So the greedy landowner who's trying to, you know, drive people off their own property so that they can take it over, Lord's going to make a famine. The Lord's going to make it infertile because. The land was his. The Lord, the land is the Lord's first and foremost. And it was the Lord's promised land that he gave to the nation of Israel, that he gave to the people of Israel. And that was God's property to start with. And uh, so who are you to cheat one another out of the land that God gave and um, try to use that land for your own profit. So verse 11, we come to another uh, woe. Verse 11, Woe to those who rise early in the morning, that they may run after strong drink, who tarry late into the evening as wine inflames them. They have a lyre and a harp, tambourine and flute, and wine at their feasts, but they do not regard the deeds of the Lord or see the works of his hands. So this is a warning against the alcoholics and the people who have the public drunkenness and just seek that uh, public pleasure um, right out to be entertained around it. That environment, that... that um, party atmosphere of just sink, uh, seeking that um, drunkenness, pleasure, alcoholic lifestyle um, takes one's uh, eyes right off the humility of serving the Lord and putting yourself uh, as of just blatant, open, self-centered lifestyle. And you're just openly seeking all these kinds of pleasures um, and feasting and having all kinds of entertainment. But um, it is um, something that is front and centered in people's hearts. And, you know, what's in your heart is going to be what you're, uh, you, all you have to do is look at uh, the way people act and the way people speak and the direction of their footsteps and how they use their hands, and that'll tell you what's in their heart.
Um, you just have to look at what people are looking at, what they, where they look with their eyes to see what's in their hearts. So their hearts, this is a, these are hearts of people that are not God-centered. These are people that are self-centered. And of course, this kind of lifestyle produces an addictive behavior. We see it in alcoholics and drunkenness and uh, even in, in, with drug abuse these days. All of this kind of behavior um, is an addicted, self-centered behavior. And it, it shows how easily people can slip into this uh, lifestyle. So God's saying, you know, woe to, this, woe to these type of sins. Therefore, verse 13, my people go into exile for lack of knowledge. Their honored men go hungry and their multitude is parched with thirst. He's saying, you know, they lack knowledge because their hearts are not centered on me. And um, he's saying the judgment will be on them. And these people who are who might honor this type of lifestyle will, in the end, go hungry. Not only go hungry for the lack of food from spiritual food, but they'll go hungry um, because of the physical food. Why? Because God will take away His blessing from them. But also, this kind of lifestyle also just produces self-destruction. And you can see it even today that the, the alcoholic addicted behaviors, they're just always self-destructive type of behaviors. They never um, take responsibility or accountability for their own actions. They're very good rationalizers. There's always an excuse. There's always a problem for this type of behavior. They will justify this behavior in their own eyes. Verse 14, therefore shall this is hell, has enlarged its appetite and opened its mouth beyond measures, and the nobility of Jerusalem and her multitude will go down, her revelers and he who exalts in her. Man is humbled, and each one is brought low, and the eyes of the haughty are brought low. But the Lord is exalted in justice, and the holy God shows himself holy in righteousness. So, these type of uh, this type of lifestyle that glorifies this type of self-centered living um, in the popularity of this type of living and the glamorization of this type of living uh, and the glamorization of these people who live this way, it's there's so many that um, it's just, you know, Hell itself is licking its chops for all these folks because all these folks uh, were living a life that completely rejected God or completely denied God. And um, the only thing you can say about that is um, that the judgment um, will be great on so many people who um, just completely uh, deny God's, God's values, God's morality. And that's the problem with this vineyard, this um, metaphor we're using for the vineyard, because 
the vineyard was just totally a waste. You know, there were there were very few to no vines producing any of the sweet uh, fruit, and so the whole thing was a mess. And so it's hard to it's hard to conceive that you know judgment would be on so many in society, but unfortunately, that's where. Uh, Israel was at the time, and perhaps when we look around in our own societies, that perhaps that's the reality when you look at it, when you see people just rejecting God's God's word like that. In verse 3, woe to those who draw iniquity, iniquity with cords of falsehood, who draw sin as with cart ropes, who say, let him be quick, let him speed his work that we may see it. Let the counsel of the Holy One of Israel draw near and let it come that we may know it. This is people who just live in sin openly and dare and dare God to punish them. You know, they're living the way they want to live. They're living with all types of immorality, you know, and pull sin to themselves as with cart ropes. In other words, they're they're actually pulling sin to themselves. They want sin. They they love this lifestyle. They love it. And you can think about any kind of sin you want to think about that being, brings people pleasure. The sexual immoralities or perversions or the all of the um, the pornographies that you see on the internet, or you could. Um, um, the lying, the cheating, the lusting, the the, or people who steal, or people who what uh, create uh, ways to uh, circumvent um, the rules in society, the disobedient, um, all of these people, uh, you know, or at least at the time, we're saying, you know, you know, we, we like what we're doing. You know, if God's so great, you know, let him show us a sign. Let him see what, you know, let us see what he's doing so we could see it and know it. And then, you know, maybe we'll think about stopping, you know, let him speed it up so we can see. But we don't see anything going on right now, you know, so we're going to live this way. This is people who just openly live in falsehood and challenge God to show them a little taste of of his dissatisfaction. Verse uh, 20, uh, another woe. It says, Woe to those who call evil good and good evil and put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. This is a woe to people who substitute man's morality in place of God's morality. Okay? They call their own lifestyle good or it's acceptable you know it's okay woe to those people to say you know what i think this is you know we live sort of in a in a time of relative they call it relative moralism and what does that mean well you'll see people say well you know don't preach to me because you know, try to be holier than me because you're not very holy. I can see you make mistakes and you make sins, so you don't have the right to, to preach to me. And and really, what's right for you, you know, you can do your own thing and, 
you know, I'm going to take the high position and say, you know, you're the intolerant one. I'm the tolerant one because I tolerate the lifestyle I like to live, you know, and you're the intolerant one because you don't tolerate the lifestyle I like to live. And really, um, the scriptures and the Bible, it's all old fashioned. It's written a thousand years ago or 2000 years ago or whatever it is. You know, and uh, what's right for you can be right for you, but leave me alone. What's right for me is right for me. So that kind of lifestyle, that kind of philosophy is a man-made philosophy that is that there is no absolute right and wrong, and that really absolute right and wrong rests with man. And um, so again, that just denies that there is goodness in the world, you know, because if there's goodness in the world, uh, there has to be a standard of goodness. There has to be like something is good. So if you apply that that way of thinking, there really is nothing absolutely good. It's just all relative uh, ranges of what good is as different people interpret what good is. You know, but you think about it, it's a fool's philosophy because then that says that there's nothing good in the world. But anyway, uh, what are those who call evil good, okay, man's ways good, and good, which is God's ways, evil. And they put darkness for light. In other words, man's way of living in darkness um, instead of light, and then um, they'll call the light darkness. They'll call God's ways intolerant, old-fashioned, or something I totally reject. And you see that a lot of times, even like in societies today. It's okay to be married. It's okay to be um, live with one another and not be married. It's okay to... Um, uh, it's okay uh, not to worry about uh, the Scriptures. It's okay not to even go to church. I don't even need to worship. I can just kind of go outside and, and be spiritual. I can just kind of go outside and look at the sunrise. And, and and that to me, that's God, you know. Or I can be around the nature and the birds. And that's really God to me. So if you want to read the Bible and that can be God to you, that's fine. But this is, you know, all these different spins on what the Word of God is saying, but really rejecting the Word of God. So, uh, a woe for people like this who reject um, God's, God's Word in this way. Verse 21, Woe to those who are wise in their own eyes and shrewd in their own sight. That's a short little verse. It's talking about people's pride. God hates the proud. Uh, we've seen that time and time again in the Psalms, how God hates the proud. It's one of the, the sins that God just hates. And uh, one of the things that we see over and over in, the, in all of the Scriptures is God loves the humble. And it's the humble-hearted uh, that, um, that, that God will raise up, that God identifies with. Jesus Christ came to earth in humility. He lived in humility. He taught in humility. He preached in humility. He corrected those around him in humility. He was persecuted in humility. He died in humility. He rose in humility. 
he came back and showed himself to his disciples in humility. It wasn't a grand and glorious thing where he came back and said, Hey, look, now see me. No, it was all in humility. He'll come back in his glory, but he laid down his life for us in humility. The mind of Christ, as we see, I believe it was in Philippians, that the mind of Christ is humility. The fruits of the Spirit are humility. You know, they're all descriptions of Christ. So, um, the prideful shall be brought down. And so, uh, there's so many ways that... that, um, that we can look into this word about pride, you know. And pride starts um, with a heart that's not centered on Christ. If the, if the heart's not centered on Christ, or in this case, a God-centered heart, if, the heart is, if your heart is not centered on Christ, it's, it's, it's off-center, so it begins to be centered on yourself. If it's centered on yourself a little bit, a little bit more, a little bit more, and pretty soon it's totally centered on yourself. And when you're totally centered on yourself, and then you have your own standards on yourself. You have what you want. You have your agenda, not God's agenda. You put your agenda before God's agenda. And then that allows you to think of yourself in different ways than you should. And that allows pride to set its to set in. And pride then starts directing your your sight starts directing your tongue to talk. It starts directing your actions and activities, the direction your feet go. It goes towards self-centeredness. And sometimes we're prideful and we don't even recognize that we're prideful. You have to slow down and say, man, you know, the argument that you have might be pride because you don't want to be told you're wrong. You might feel uh, disgust or because somebody else got something that you didn't, but it was your pride that considered yourself better than them or that you deserve something that you deserve to be praised or you deserve people to honor you, whether you're at work or school or in the home, you deserve their honor. But right now you're not getting their honor. And that hurts your pride. Sometimes we can't control what other people uh, think of us or other people say to us. You know, the Lord Jesus had so many people reject him right and left. You know, he's the guy who created the whole universe. And he, if anybody deserved to be prideful when he came to, when he was walking around, it was Jesus Christ. My goodness, when you think about it. Jesus was with God. He was with God before the beginning of the world. He was God. He was he, uh, he he was God. The Word become f- became flesh. As Jesus was the personification of God. You've got God in the flesh, walking around, being ridiculed or joked about, made fun of, just like you and me today, or you know, can be made fun of by other people. He was. So. If anybody deserved to, to be prideful, it was Jesus Christ, but he didn't. He was complete being God-centered. And when you're God-centered, there's no chance you can be self-centered. So, 
that shows you how important it is for us, but it shows you how important it is in God's eyes not to be prideful or shrewd in your own sight or wise in your own eyes. Verse 22, Woe to those who are heroes at drinking wine and valiant men and mixing strong drink who acquit the guilty for a bribe and deprive the innocent of his right. These are people who are popular people. They're heroes and they're valiant men. And they use their popularity to cheat others, whether it's bribery or depriving the innocent of their rights. Because you use your popularity or your power or your prestige for your own um, glorification and you cover up truth, you cheat others out of what really belongs to them. Woe to people like that who use their power and their position and their prestige to get their own way. So we come now to verse 24. Therefore, as the tongue of fire devours the stubble, and as dry grass sinks down in the flames, so their root will be as rottenness and their blossom go up like dust. For they've rejected the law of the Lord of hosts and despised the word of the Holy One of Israel. A very sobering uh, um, part now because it's saying, look, this kind of lifestyle, these kind of sins are all going to come into judgment, especially these kind of sins. And so he's saying, make no mistake about it. Woe to those folks. And so as we think about these characteristics, as these type of uh, sins, it's all about, they all have things in common. They all reject God. They all um, put that rejection into practice in a self-centered lifestyle where it, where it becomes to the point now where <clears throat> you're rejecting God, you're putting others down, you're, you're putting your own morality in place of God's morality. It can all start off with just small little things. And it's so easy once your heart is off-center with God for it to to more and more grow towards self-centeredness and um, and then as that happens hearts change behaviors change actions change and so this is um, just a strong warning to the nation of Israel to the to the um, to Judah, the tribe of Judah, and to Jerusalem. So God will not be mocked. God's justice cannot be ignored. And uh, justice in God is all a righteous God. His righteousness cannot be ignored. And um, it, sin cannot be in the presence of His righteousness. It has to be dealt with. So... Um, I hope this is encouraging to you in your study of God's Word and the nature of God. 
and I uh, hope it was helpful. It's really a fascinating study uh, to go through this book of Isaiah as it not only um, is a prophecy to the nation of Israel, uh, but also is so pertinent for us today. So for me to all of you, God bless you. I'll see you next time. I'll see you tomorrow. Um, and again, our uh, prayer uh, for Matali as she uh, travels back to um, Zambia today. So um, I'm not sure if she'll be able to record. Um, usually when you're flying uh, to Africa like this, you're uh, you're usually uh, in a plane for <laughs> for 20 hours or so, uh, or in transit. It could be even longer, depending on layovers. But but uh, we'll uh, have Matali back uh, on the podcast just as soon as she is able to um, uh, record her sessions. So uh, for me to all of you, God bless you. We'll see you next time, and uh, we'll uh, keep Matali. Uh, in our prayers as well for her travels. Take care. Hello. So today's teaching is coming from Isaiah chapter 5, verses 11 through to verse 24. And um, in today's teaching, we look at the six woes um, against the Israelites that led to the nation's downfall. So that's um, the six sins that God listed. So um, in the previous study in... um, Isaiah chapter 4, verse 8. Um, we had it, the first woe was listed, and that was the sin of lust. And it read, Woe to those who join um, house to house and add field to field till there is no place where they may dwell alone in the midst of the land. So um, this is the sin of lust. Um, so in this particular um, sin, um, the prophet Isaiah is talking about men building out uh, big complexes. This is the sin of greed, um, covetousness, um, and this is idolatry. This is putting something first, like the dollar first, money first, um, anything first before God. So, um, and um, it also looked at, um, you know, the depleting of the earth's ecology um, because of man's greed. This is man's quest to discover more and more things and depleting of, um, you know, the natural resources and the earth becoming, a, um, you know, desolate. Um, you know, great beautiful ones without inhabited. So people build, um, you know, great beautiful complexes and houses. They amass so much wealth. And at the end of the day, you know, um, um they become inhabited because they put God, they put these things first before God. And, you know, when you die, um, you leave all these things behind. And, um, you know, verse 10 read, For ten acres of vineyard shall yield one bath, and a homer of seed shall yield one effa. Um, so this is, um, you know, the earth becoming desolate because of um, man's constant greed to want to acquire more and more at the expense of others squeezing out the little man so um we also saw um the chapter five of isaiah which is a parable of the vineyard and the vineyard being israel so god had done everything for his vineyard you know he had given them um um you know like fertile land good um 
good weather patterns and and you know all those things and he had protected them um but all they gave him back was wild grapes um all they gave him back was you know this you know all the sins and the faithlessness that the um um people of israel actually gave back and this was wild grapes so uh, instead of the vineyard giving him good grapes it gave back bad grapes so verse um, 1 to 12 it reads um woe to those who rise early in the morning that they may follow intoxicating drink who continue until night till wine inflames them the harp of the strings and the tambourine and flute and the wine are in their feasts but they do not regard the work of the lord nor consider the operation for his hands so here um this is the sin of drunkenness and pleasure you know drunkenness leads to a lot of um atrocities out there you know drunken drivers you know um they, they um if, if we if we apply this to today's world um you know drunkenness bring uh leads to broken homes you know it leads to um you know like the drug problems that we currently have it's it's what children see in the homes from their parents um you know, it's monkey see, monkey do, you know, as Pastor J, Dr. J.P. McGee actually put it. So um, drunkenness also leads to, you know, um, you know, um, delinquency out there, you know, a lot of crimes, a lot of disease, um, you know, a lot of um, accidents, like you find, you know, a lot of drunk drivers and, you know, which is the case today. And it's sad. If you look at a lot of other nations, you know, they have more bars open out there than churches, than hospitals, than schools. So, um a lot of people spend time doing um in bars and and drinking and um and and um it lowers the moral standards of a nation um drunkenness instead of people doing something more proactive and 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 you know focusing more on on doing good and doing uh, and building the nation and 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 focusing on god and and faith um but they they spend their times in bars and drinking and it lowers the moral standards of a nation verse 13 goes on to read therefore my people have gone into captivity because they have no knowledge. Their honorable men are famished and their multitude dried up with thirst. So um, here God states what happens. Um, you know, when we think, you know, drinking is sophisticated, like you can go out to a party and, you know, like have a champagne party and, you know, do all these things. And God has stated out what actually happened to the people of Israel. And this is what is happening today. Um, you know, um, Therefore, my people have gone into captivity. This is what led, uh, one of the, 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 the sins uh, that led um, to the fall of the nation of Israel. So, um, moving on to scripture. Um, verse 14 reads, Therefore, Sheol has enlarged itself and opened its mouth beyond measure. Their glory and their multitude and their pomp and he who is jubilant shall descend into it. So um, here, you know, nations will be brought down because, um, you know, because of, um, you know, the love of drunkenness, the love of drink and pleasure. So um, the glory of a nation goes down um, in drunkenness. We've seen like, you know, different nations fall. You know, the Roman Empire, it fell because, you know, um, um, you know, you had um, people have you know, throw all these sophisticated parties with a lot of drink and pleasure and dance. And, um, you know, the moral decay of a nation um, has to do with drunkenness. She, or meaning hell, will open up. Um, and the multitudes dried up uh, with thirst. So people, you know, go down a wrong spiral because of, um, you know, uh, drunkenness and pleasure. 
So verse 18 and 19 go on to read um, woe. Um, this is um, another woe, which, uh, which goes on to read the third woe, which goes on to read um, woe to those who draw iniquity with cords of vanity and sin as it's and sin as if with a cart rope and say let me make speed and hasten his work uh, that we may see it and let the counsel of the holy one of israel draw near and come that we know it so here um the other sin that was actually mentioned that's brought uh, the downfall of, of, of the nation of israel is the nation giving itself to sin without shame you know, uh, where things were made to actually look normal, like in broad daylight, people would sit in broad daylight, and people would, um, would look at it and 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 just say, "Oh, hey, they're just being honest. At least they're not hiding." You know, challenging God to do something about it. Uh, but people who sin, um, and 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 this these were people who were sinning without impunity. Like we just didn't care and say, "Oh, you know, let me challenge God and let's see if He's going to do something about it." The punishment was not actually stated here, but the punishment from God is, um, you know, is um, is a lot of um, um, you know, a lot of wrath, and um, you know, we can see it in Psalms hundred and thirty-seven. Um, which um, is the judgment of God, um, what God actually does. And um, here we saw them um, in captivity, you know, by the rivers of Babylon. This is Psalms 137. There we sat down, here we wept when we remembered Zion. We hung up our harps upon the willows um, in the midst of it. For those who uh, carried us away, um, asked of us in captivity, and those who plundered us requested mirth, saying, Sing us one of the songs of Zion, how shall we sing the Lord's song in a foreign land? If I forget, O Jerusalem, let my right hand forget um, its skill. If I do not remember you, let my tongue cling to the roof of my mouth. If I do not exalt Jerusalem above the chief, above my chief joy, remember, O Lord, against the sons of Edom, the day of Jerusalem, who said, "Raise it, raise it um, to its very foundation." O daughter of Babylon, who are to be destroyed, happy the one who repays you as they served us happy, the ones who takes you, dash, your little ones against the rock. So this talks about judgment, you know. Imagine slamming the little one's head against the rock. Um, you know, judgment is brought upon them. Um, them who, who, um, who, who lost faith in God, who, who worshipped um, and sinned and worshipped um, idols. So um, verse 20 um, looks... Um, is another um, sin that was has actually been described and it says woe to those who call evil good and good evil without darkness for light uh, who put darkness for light and light for darkness who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter so here um, this looks at um, the sin of um, you know an attempt to substitute good standards with wrong stand or god standards with wrong standards to just try and just you know to to, to just try and justify evil um, you know, what is wrong is wrong. And, you know, you cannot justify something that's wrong. So say, for example, if you decide to live, you know, in an adulterous, you know, if you decide to live an adulterous life, don't try and justify it like, no, because, um, I'm a good person. I go to church and all in as much as I'm staying with, um, a man without being married to him, that is just wrong. Um, verse 21 
It goes on to read, um, which is another sin, the sin of pride. And it goes on to read, Woe to those who are wise in their own eyes and prudent in their own sight. So um, this is the sin of pride and God hates pride. Um, it was listed in Proverbs, God ha hates pride and God hates people who think they know better than he does. Um, people who are just prideful and full of pomp. Verse 22 and 23 goes on to read, Woe to men mighty at drinking wine. Woe to men valiant um, or for mixing intoxicating drink who justify the wicked for a bribe and take away justice from the righteous man. So, um, you know, um, that day of um, priorities, you know, like we have a lot of people who have their priorities mixed up, um, you know, who tend to think, oh, no, but, you know, they try to justify, you know, um, something wrong uh, and say, no, because I did this because of A, B, C, D. I took a bribe because of A, B, C, D, because I just had to. Um, and these people are people who have their priorities mixed up. Wrong is wrong. Um, and if scripture says it's wrong, it's wrong. You can't justify something that's actually wrong. So um, verse 24 goes on to read, Therefore, as the fire devours the stubble and the flame consumes the shaft, so their root will be as rottenness, and their blossom will ascend like dust, because they have rejected the law of the Lord of hosts and despised the word of the Holy One of Israel. So, you know, today there are sins that bring um, their own judgment. So say, for example, um, if you live, you know, a constant drunk, you're not going to bring your own judgment upon yourself. You know, you're going to end up in a certain way. You're going to end up in hospital. You're going to end up in a road act, traffic accident. You know, you're going to end up with so many things. Um, and, you know, God doesn't have to do anything about it. So the very sin that we commit is the sin that actually destroys us. So, um, you know, Paul wrote the wages of sin is death. Um, so if you sin today, like you, you actually sow what you reap. So if you sin today, you do something today, uh, you sin today, you're going to reap sin. Um, that's going to be your judgment. So, you know, there are certain sins. God just lets you go ahead and, you know, you go ahead doing it. You're constantly doing it. And that very thing that you're constantly, the wrong, that very wrong thing that you're constantly doing is going to be your downfall. So um, these are the uh, six sins that um, have been listed by the prophet Isaiah that brought down the nation of Israel. And in application today, if we look at it, in as much as they were prophesied many years ago, if we look at it today in application, this is what is actually happening. You know, the sin of lust, um, of wanting more and more uh, covetousness, um, the sin of pride, the sin of, you know, drunkenness, um, you know, the sin of, of, of trying to, 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 you know, to challenge God, um, you know, the sin of trying to attempt to substitute God's, you know, God's standards with wrong standards. You know, all these things are things that are actually occurring today. And, you know, these are things that Isaiah prophesies about, like, that brought down the nation of Israel. And this is what is actually happening today. You know, the, the, the prophecies occurred and they are reoccurring again. And if man does not change his ways, um, you know... In the end, you know, like looking at what happened to the Israelites, you know, they remain in a desolate um, pile of rubble. Their country was once um, a fruitful, fertile land um, that God gave them. And they turned away from God and they went into captivity. And this is what's happening today. So as Christians today, let us be vigilant. Let us read the word. Let us acquire knowledge and let us live by faith and um, trust in God.
for God has got unending graces and unending mercies. So yeah, this is today's teaching. Thank you all for listening in. Have a great day. God bless you all. And 